the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, June the 21st, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Well, the days begin to get shorter. Well, the day doesn't. It has the same amount of time. But the daylight, yeah, the days are going to start getting shorter today. I always kind of dread that because I like light better than dark. I love it when the days are long like they are now. So we have a couple of months here to enjoy these days. Then we'll start noticing that the days are getting shorter again. That's the way God designed it. So that's the way we'll take it. But I just like the light. I like to wake up in the morning at 4.35 o'clock and see the see the sunlight, the dawn breaking. I like to see the, the late sunsets. It's kind of cool. But today, today the earth starts its tip back toward winter. Man, I always remember that today is my wife's oldest sister, her birthday, because I always am aware that things are changing. Days are going to start getting shorter now. And um, so happy birthday to my wife's sister. She listens regularly. She does not miss this program. Thank you. Today in 1788, the United States Constitution went into effect. New Hampshire became the ninth state to ratify it. Today in 1954, the American Cancer Society, they presented a study to the American Medical Association. People kind of knew this, but um, they were meeting in San Francisco. But the Cancer Society had found through a lot of study that um, men who regularly smoked cigarettes died at a considerably higher rate than non-smokers. That was today in 1954. Today, in 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court in Miller v. California ruled that states may ban materials found to be obscene, according to local standards. Today, in 1982, a jury in Washington, uh, Washington, D.C. found that John Hinckley Jr., he was not guilty by reason of insanity in the shootings of President Ronald Reagan and three other men. Today, in 1989, a sharply divided Supreme Court ruled that burning the American flag as a form of political protest was protected by the First Amendment. Not sure that today's Supreme Court would rule that way, but who knows. Today in 2002, one of the worst wildfires in Arizona history grew to 128,000 acres, forced thousands of homemakers, uh, homeowners near the uh, community of Sholo to flee. The fires out west have begun again, reports over the weekend. I'm sure you heard that we're back into the fire season. The Associated Press put out an article about a year ago today about that today, this morning. I found it interesting. I want to share just a paragraph from this. Associated Press, they said, our culture is changing. Then they proceeded to say this. One year ago, they said, today, 
A protest in Portland, Oregon, against racial injustice turned violent as police used flashbang grenades to disperse demonstrators throwing bottles, cans, and rocks at sheriff's deputies. Spectators in Raleigh, North Carolina, cheered as work crews finished the job started by protesters and removed a Confederate statue from atop a 75-foot monument. NASCAR said a rope shaped like a noose had been found in a garage stall of Bubba Wallace, the only full-time black driver in NASCAR's Elite Cup Series at uh, uh, Talladega, Alabama. Federal authorities later found, this reading Associated Press, that the rope had been hanging there for months and that it was not a hate crime. Well, it wasn't a hate crime. I digress for a moment. It wasn't a hate crime because the rope that was hanging there, honest, was attached to the garage door that you could pull it down when it was up. It didn't have an electric opener thing on it. But the press didn't bother to say that. But it was silly. They just went crazy with that story. I remember it well. In fact, I mentioned it on this program. And before... I mean, before the day was over, the groundskeepers there at this raceway said, no, no, that that nobody put that there. It's just been there for years. It's to pull down the garage door. And there were a number of other garage doors that had that little rope. It, yeah, it was shaped like a new. I mean, it was tied on both ends to the bottom of the garage door so you could pull the thing down. But the press went crazy over that. Now, a year later, Associated Press can't even admit that it was what it was for. They just said it was not a hate crime. Well, it certainly wasn't. It was to help somebody pull down a garage door that should have had an automatic garage door opener, I suppose. They continue. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio said the American Museum of Natural History would remove from its entrance a statue depicting Theodore Roosevelt on horseback with a Native American man and an African man standing alongside. Critics said it symbolized colonial expansionism and racial discrimination. And then they repeat, Associated Press, our culture is changing. Well, indeed it is, and that's why we do this program every day. Over the weekend, on Saturday, there was yet another big pride parade being held in South Florida. On Saturday, Associated Press and others were reporting Tragedy struck a pride parade being held in South in a South Florida community. A pickup truck crashed into a crowd of revelers, killing one person, narrowly missing a vehicle with Florida political fixture Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Debbie Walter, uh, Wasserman Schultz is she's formerly the the uh, chair of the Democratic National uh, Committee, the Democrat Party. She's also a representative from her district. I forget what district it is, but her district there in, in Florida. And she's a she's married. I don't think she's gay. I mean, she's married. She's got, I think, two or three kids. But she's a big uh, banner carrier for the gay rights movement and so on. And she goes to all these parades and marches in them and one thing or another. Well, she was in this parade, I guess, or, or at least they're cheering them on. And so the report was that this this guy in this in this uh, vehicle pickup truck crashed into the crowd trying to kill people, killed one person. But the real focus, he was trying to hit Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, who was apparently in a in a car at the time and to try to hurt or kill her. This story went all over the place, but included in the story. This was Saturday. 
Included in the story, it says, Governor DeSantis, who is a Republican, a rising star, as you know, and is considering running for president, it said, Governor DeSantis granted civil immunity to people who drive through protesters who are blocking a road. Well, he did. They they close highways, a lot of these demonstrations, whether it's gay pride or whatever it is, they'll, they'll shut down a, a road or even a highway sometimes. Like I-5 has been shut down several times in Seattle and I think elsewhere and other uh, main, you know, uh, highways around the country and so on. So in Florida, Governor DeSantis, he's a Republican, as I said, and conservative. He, he uh, uh, I think it was by executive order, he created this um, legal caveat that any that it, if there's a an incident where protesters close down a, a road or a, a main street or something, you can uh, you can drive through there carefully, and you you will not you cannot be sued civilly if somebody jumps in front of your car and and all. It's kind of a complicated law, uh, but anyway, he he put that in place. So that's what they're referring to here. And so they said the incident at the Pride Parade was was not a protest. It was uh, anyone. There was no one illegally obstructing traffic. And so so it did not did not meet the criteria for this guy to ram with his pickup in there, killed one person, injured a bunch of other people and was, according to the news report, all all morning Saturday uh, or afternoon, they were saying that Wasserman Schultz was really the target. Okay, so the police get the guy. They arrest him. All these stories are out there. And all of a sudden, it's an oh-oh moment because (laughs) Justin Knight is the president of the Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Chorus. They were featured in this gay parade. He came out Saturday afternoon and said, wait a minute, guys, hold it, hold everything. The driver and the victims of the accident of this gay pride were part of my group. I don't know why this guy did this, but he did. And I want you to know it was not a hate crime. Nobody was trying to kill gays because they hated them. It was a gay guy who's part of my our gay chorus. And I mean, it changed the whole story. Associated Press had been reporting all day long. Finally, the ABC affiliate, local, Channel 10, there in the area, started reporting in the Miami, uh, Fort Lauderdale area, started reporting it kind of like, well, maybe we uh, hurried this to press too soon and blah, 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 Saturday night. But that's the kind of a world we live in. They rush, they have an agenda, and the agenda, any news that happens, that agenda then is filtered through that news so that it supports their agenda. That would be the news media, that would be gay rights. That would be Black Lives Matter. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Or it would be Joe Biden's agenda. And Joe Biden's agenda is to put abortion all over the world, not just in America, paid for by taxpayers' money, but in every nation of the world. I've talked about the fact that I'm in touch with so many people in Kenya because uh, we did a lot of missionary work there years ago. And we, just tons of people there and, and in other other countries, particularly East Africa. But, man, they just, I mean, they when Barack Obama went to visit Kenya, the, the homeland of his father, they 
they told him he was certainly welcome. They celebrated him as the president of the United States, whose father was from Kenya. But they said, do not bring the leaders in the country. They said, do not bring your abortion message or your homosexual message because we're a Christian country. That was their words, the leaders of that country. So there's that kind of resistance around the, around the world. But Biden has fallen into that same track, and he's advancing Obama's agenda, sometimes with more disregard than Obama did. So all of a sudden now, the press is beginning to re, kind of reposition itself because Biden is, I mean, Biden is becoming an issue. Even the Democrats are beginning to question some Democrats whether or not he's fit to serve. And they are questioning his ability to recall and to articulate as president of the United States. So with all of this in mind, all of a sudden now, the Washington Post comes out over the weekend with this story to prop up Joe Biden. Not surprising, but one of the recent debates that's raging in Washington surround Washington, D.C., surrounds Joe Biden and other Democrats who have what they claim is their Catholic faith, and they are some of the loudest voices, certainly the president is, and Nancy Pelosi is, in, as advocates for abortion. So Nancy Pelosi was challenged earlier this past week about how, when, when do you think it would not be appropriate to abort a baby? At how many weeks do you think a, a child is a child at 15 weeks? I mean, it was a setup question. And she got angry and wouldn't answer it and just changed the subject, started talking about a, an entirely different issue. So they're beginning to get sensitive. They're starting to react. Biden is starting to react to this. So the Washington Post comes out with this story. I'm not going to share a lot of it with you, but the essence of the story is that they are trying to protect him, and they're saying the culture is changing, our values must change, and the way we look at values must change, and that Biden is representative, and he is an observant Catholic, but he's, he attends Mass regularly, he crosses himself, he uses rosary beads. This is the Washington Post, who has criticized for years evangelicals who believe in a risen Savior, Jesus Christ, believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God and believe that God's model for a family is a man and a woman. They come together, they get married, they have kids, and that's called a family. That's God's model. And they have criticized and mocked us for years. Now they're standing up Jeff Bezos' newspaper to protect a president who claims to be an observant, devout Catholic and yet puts his fist in the face of his own church on one of the most important issues, social issues, to the Catholic Church, abortion, and in the face of God himself, who created life. So that's the world we live in, and that's why we do what we do on this program. We address the issues of our time, because these are perilous times. In fact, 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, John wrote, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. Even now already is it in the world. But verse 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But beloved, verse 1, believe not every spirit. I want to talk about spirits that we should not believe for a few minutes today. Sixty Catholic Democrats in Congress wrote an open letter Friday titled Statement of Principles. They were explaining why the Catholic Church should not, should not deny Holy Communion to professed Catholics who promote abortion. Sixty elected officials said, no, they should be able to claim to be devout Catholic, Christian, and promote abortion, and nothing should be done about it. They should be able to take the Eucharist and so on. I'm not a Catholic, but you you get some of you are, but you get what I'm saying. The letter coincided with the June meeting of the U.S. bishops. They discussed the question of Eucharistic coherence and the conditions under which a person, anyone, whomever, a Catholic, should not present themselves to receive Holy Communion. Clearly, the shadow of devout Catholics, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, are looming over that conversation. The real question is not a Catholic question. It's a moral and an ethical and a biblical Christian question. If you take a closer look at the bishop's response, they're under pressure on both sides of this issue. I'm not a Catholic, as I said, but 70,412,021 claim to be in America. And in the world, there's 1.2 billion people worldwide that claim to be Catholic. So this issue matters, even if you're a Protestant. That would include the President of the United States and Speaker of the House, both powerful positions. They would be among that number. Both are cheerleaders for abortion and its advancement here and around the world, and they want you as a taxpayer to pay for it. Apparently, these 60 Democrat Catholic politicians in Congress believe their church should forsake ages-old biblical teaching that killing unwanted unborn babies is morally wrong because it is murder. You can find that in the early parts of the Old Testament. People bringing their babies to get rid of them, putting them in the arms of a statue, Moloch, and so on, worshiping worshiping the idea of disposing of their unwanted babies. That is horrible. It's unthinkable. And that was thousands of years ago. And yet today in 2021, here we are again, and people are still doing it but they're placing them in the arms of Planned Parenthood, who is the current day Moloch or Baal. They never actually try to make the case in this letter, these 60 Democrat politicians, they never try to make the case as to why being an abortion advocate should be okay morally. They can't make that case and they know it. Rather, they try to make a relative case that because of the politician's position and their influence, They should be excused from the moral responsibility of abortion and because of their good works in other areas. In other words, if I do good over here, will you let me 
advocate for abortions and not vote me out. I mean, that's what they're saying. This letter, titled Statements of Principles, it says, as legislators in the U.S. House of Representatives, we work every day to advance respect for life and the dignity of every human being. We believe that government has a moral purpose. Well, of course it has a moral purpose. It has a purpose that's very clearly outlined in the book of Romans. It does. It has a role. But who can count the times that government exceeds its role? And that's a discussion for another day. But they continue to make the case for social justice. In their letter, they say, We envision a world in which every child belongs to a loving family and agree with the Catholic Church about the value of human life. No, they don't. That's a lie. They don't agree with the Catholic Church, and I'm not here to defend the Catholic Church. I'm not a part of it, but I'm, I'm just saying the Catholic Church, whatever they may be or, or not be, they believe in life. They, be, they do not be, believe or sanction abortion. But these guys are making the assumption, oh, yeah, well, we value life, too, just like the church. No, they don't. They don't value life. You can't value life and kill unwanted babies. I mean, you can't have it both ways. To justify their pro-abortion activities, they affirm that commitment to reducing unintended pregnancies encourage mothers to, these are their words, to carry their children to term and provide resources to help raise healthy and secure children is part of their goal, their agenda as public servants. I don't believe that for a moment. They even claim they work to provide alternatives to abortion. Yeah, I haven't seen that. However, once they walk out of the shadow of their church and the, and, and the light of maybe somebody taking a closer look at this, into the shadow of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and other so-called devout Catholics and other religious people, they vote for every single, every single policy that kills more unwanted unborn children. All the time, they won't even say the words. They call it women's health care or whatever. And they follow Biden's lead in advancing abortion around the world. The 60 politicians declare that, quote, the weaponization of the Eucharist to Democratic lawmakers for their support of a woman's safe and legal access to abortion is contradictory. Well, contradictory to what? Contradictory to a culture that wants it all. A culture that has moved from being focused on God and his word to me and my agenda. That's where we are, and that's what this is about. These 60 politicians are asking for a modern-day indulgence. It's the same thing that Martin Luther looked at back in his day. They said, we want to kill these unwanted babies, but we want, we want the, the approval of the church, at least in the church's silence. But God bless these bishops that are meeting and did meet on Friday, and I'll tell you what they decided. They're, they're saying, no, we, we're not going to go along with this. We're not going to support it. We don't care if he's president of the United States. This was morally corrupt back in the Old Testament days, and it's morally corrupt now. You can't kill unwanted babies and please God. Will the Catholic Church morally bend to the will of the politicians? Well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, I did a little research, it states, quote, from the first moment of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which is the involatile right to every human being to life. 
The Catholic Church has consistently taught taking an innocent, quote, taking an innocent human life in abortion is always gravely evil. Their catechism, I read it, calls abortion gravely contrary to the moral law, and therefore a person who procures an abortion incurs excommunication from the church by the very commission of the offense. So these Democrat Catholic lawmakers say they seek the church's guidance and assistance, but believe also in the primary of conscience. So they said, the church can't make me violate my conscience. Well, that's true. The church can't. The church should represent God's word. But only a conscience seared with a hot iron can lead someone to affirm and advance the killing of these unwanted unborn children. San Francisco Archbishop Salvador uh, Cordeline, he said Saturday that pro-abortion legislation is a grave moral evil. He really went after this. He, he is the archbishop of the area of the church, I guess region or district or whatever the, church, whatever the Catholic Church calls it, where Nancy Pelosi is the representative. He said abortion is not Christian or Catholic. It's a dignity of human. It's a value that should be affirmed by everybody. He said abortion is the axe laid to the roots of, of the tree of human rights when our culture encourages the violation of life at its youngest and most vulnerable condition. Other ethical norms cannot stand for long. He gives a powerful speech in a letter. He said, God has entrusted you with a prestigious position in our society. You have the powers to affect societal practices and attitudes. Always remember that one day, he says to these legislators, and and President Biden, and Nancy Pelosi. He said, always remember that one day you're going to have to render an account to God for your stewardship of this trust, this trust meaning the vote of the people. Then he concludes, he said, please stop the killing and please stop pretending that advocating for or practicing a grave moral evil, one that snuffs out an innocent human life, one that denies a fundamental human right, is somehow compatible with the Christian faith. It is not. Indeed, it is not. Yet, sadly, many churches are playing into the hands of the cultural tyrants of our time, not just the Catholic Church, the mainstream liberal church, the Protestant church, the evangelical, the charismatic, the Pentecostal, the holiness churches. There's some in all of these groups. They are putting they are putting style over substance. They are finding that it's more important from the pulpits of America to talk about how I feel than it is about how what God says. We have removed that in the culture under the idea that we want to be seeker-friendly. This is not a time to be seeker-friendly. Now is a time to proclaim the truth of God's Word. If it's offensive, so be it. But do it in love. But present the truth that God has given us. His Word is the truth. His Word is the light of the world, Jesus Christ Himself. These are days when we have got to have the truth. We've got to know what's going on, and we've got to stand on the truth of God's word. It's important to try to understand and engage in the culture, but to identify with the culture to the point where the culture conforms you to the culture rather than the church conforming the culture to Jesus Christ. That is a sad day, and that's where we are today. And that's one of the reasons that I get up every weekday morning, turn on my microphone, and talk to whomever will listen. 
Thank you for being with me today. I'm out of time, but thank you for your support. We'll continue this tomorrow. But thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Again, we need your support. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow.